0: Welcome to the Biz Times MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, managing editor at Biz Times Media, and I'm joined as always on the weekly debrief by Biz Times editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Great.
1: Summerfest is back and our office is in the third ward. I can look out my window and see it and hear it, and they've had amazing weather to start. It's just it's so wonderful that Summerfest is back in the summer where it belongs, and um, boy, I've already been down there twice—you know, yesterday and today already. And it's, if you're not going down to Summerfest, you're just you're you're missing out on one of Milwaukee's true treasures, and uh, we should all be excited to get back to the lakefront. So yeah, take absolutely. advantage of Summerfest; it's back, everybody.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Our little corner of the third ward is is quiet most of the year, but when Summerfest rolls around, it uh, gets a lot of a lot more activity going on. Uh, makes getting out of there for uh, when you're heading home after the workday a little tricky, but uh, you can always just use that as an excuse to go to Summerfest. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this week we've got um, a little bit of a different episode. Instead of uh, insider story spotlight, and then. A big story. We've kind of got basically three um, three insider story spotlights for you. Um, all of them kind of unique and, and a couple of them bigger in, in, a, in their own way. So we've got a story about the Iron Horse Hotel. Um, we've got a story about power uh, the utility companies in Wisconsin. And we've got a story about the economy. So we'll take kind of each of those one by one. But before we do, uh, I want to take a moment to highlight uh, those of you who are Biz Times insiders, um, and thank you for your support. Um, it really does help make our work possible, and we really do appreciate it. Um, insiders get access to all of our stories on our website, uh, discounted event admission, and some other benefits. Uh, so, if you are not an insider, please consider it. It's a chance for you to support local journalism. We're a uh, Family-owned, locally-owned company, um, and like I said, it makes our work possible. So go to biztimes.com, click on the subscribe button, and the equivalent of eight dollars a month will get you those benefits. So uh, let's dive into this, Andrew. The uh, this Iron Horse Hotel story that we did today. Um, what do you find? What was interesting about? It, do you think? Well,
1: it's a unique opportunity. You know, unfortunately, the Iron Horse um, is going through a bankruptcy reorganization situation Um, like a lot of businesses, you know, especially in hospitality, they, you know, had considerable pain through the pandemic. And um, so they're, they're, they're filing for bankruptcy trying to kind of get to get a reset essentially. And as part of that, they have to disclose things and it's a unique opportunity for the public, really, to take a peek inside of what goes on at a business like that. Um, and we had a—I mean, this is your story—but um, we we had a filing that we saw um, that showed their budget, basically, what you know, what they're spending money on, and what kind of cash flow things they're expecting on a on a week by week basis. And it's just a very interesting opportunity to see how that business works and, 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 and what they expect, mm-hmm. uh, how, how they expect in the various aspects of the business to perform. So it's a interesting, uh, peek behind the curtain that, you know, I'm sure they're not thrilled that it's out there, but going through bankruptcy, this is part of the deal and these things have to be disclosed. And it, it's a chance for us to take a look at, uh, how, uh, how things tick over
0: there. And obviously they're trying to improve what, what they do. Mm-hmm. Certainly, yeah. The, uh, the impetus for them to disclose this was they, so you ask for bankruptcy protection. Um, you kind of need permission to be able to continue using uh, the cash that you have. The um, Ask for permission for a lot of things really. Uh, but one of those is the cash that you have and so they reached an agreement with their their lender to to be able to do that, and you know, had to lay out a five week budget um, that that basically starts. I think it was the week of the the initial filing, runs through uh, mid July. Um, but they're kind of looking at, at you know, weekly room revenue that ranges from 117 thousand to 180 thousand weekly food and beverage revenues that range from 79 thousand up to 102 ish. kind of spells out, you know, how they, you know, when they pay pay, payroll, payroll, how much they're paying in payroll, um, how much they're paying for food and beverage um, cost of goods sold and um, contract and maintenance staff and a lot of other things. So just, yeah, like you said, an interesting um, look inside. I know we've got some more coverage coming as well um, in the near future. We had some other coverage this week, about the Milwaukee boot company and their, their retail location at the iron horse and how that's working out. So I was doing really, really well. I mean, that, that was,
1: yeah, that was an interesting story too. We had this week about the Milwaukee boot company relocating, you know, putting its store in the iron horse hotel that resulted in a surge of business for them. That was really an interesting thing to hear. As of course the iron horse is going through bankruptcy. So, um, you know, it's a good place for the Iron Boot or uh, the monkey Boot Company to be. So, hopefully, Iron Horse uh, gets through the the tough waters here and 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 can move forward.
0: Yeah, it kind of seems like it's a lot of you know they this bankruptcy case is, is in a lot of ways almost a fallout of COVID nineteen um, as they've been trying to sort through um, some financial issues. Some predated that a little bit, but uh, working through a lot of things. I mean. COVID, uh, you know, uh, made a lot of change in the economy, yeah. certainly. So, uh, we'll move on, um, to story number two this week, um, which, uh, is one that came out Thursday morning. Um, news that, uh, WEC Energy Group, the parent of, we, a parent company of We Energies, um, and then also Align Energy, uh, out in Madison, um, announced plans to uh, delay the retirement of several coal-fired power plants in the state. Um, specifically, We Energies is delaying the shutdown of the older units they have in Oak Creek, and Alliant is delaying shutdown of uh, plants in Portage and up in Sheboygan County. Um, and really, the reason they're doing this is um, there was there's some concern about what Supply of electricity might look like in the Midwest in uh, especially the summer of 2023. So, the first of these plants were, I think, slated to end or shut down uh, late this year and, and into next year for we Energies, um, and then again in 24. Um, so, they're kind of pushing this out because there's some concern from the, the regional grid operator about how much uh, power supply there will be. In the summer of 2023, if it's especially if you get particularly hot days and there's a lot of demand from from customers across the region, um, so they're delaying that um, in part because the, so the utilities are in the midst of a really interesting and um, kind of transition away from coal-fired power plants, uh, somewhat to natural gas, but even more so to um, solar and battery powered a little bit of wind as well for we energies or for WEC energy group. Um, But they're transitioning away from that. Problem is that uh, the costs on everything is going up and just the lead times and supply of everything um, is, you know, getting more and more challenging. So there's, I mean, they've got a lot of plans for new generating capacity uh, that would be solar and battery storage uh, but a lot of it is still kind of working its way through the approval process and the planning process. Uh, and so it wouldn't be online and ready to go. Meanwhile, you've got these old power plants, which um, yes, they're coal fired, but um, they're up, they function, they work. You know, if if you need to keep uh, people's air conditioning running on 100 a hundred degree day, they'll do it. Um, the interesting piece though, I guess is what it's going to mean for uh, our electricity rates and our electricity bills um, there was the we energies is currently seeking approval to have um, us uh, I think it's a 5 to 6% increase in utility rates utility bills specifically um, for 2023 that that's pending before the public service commission and part of their plan called for some cost savings from shutting down these plants. Um, so when you lose that cost savings, cause you're not shutting down the plant, uh, what's that going to mean? Um, the f- securities filings from the, the company said, we don't expect any major capital investment needed to keep these plants running. So that's good, but you're also not saving the operations and maintenance costs that you otherwise wouldn't have to undertake. Um, for their part, the company said, we don't expect this is going to change our filing in any way. Um, so we'll have to wait and see you know, exactly how it shakes out in people's bills. Um, but the big thing is, you know, they, they want to make sure they have reliability as they transition towards uh, more renewable or cleaner forms of energy.
1: Yeah, I, I, what's interesting about all this to me is, you know, the, the continued push, you um, to move away from fossil fuels and I, you know, a, a debate that continues as far as climate change and all that, you know, I, I think it's very clear that for the survival of the planet and the human race that we need to move away from the use of fossil fuels. Um, I know not everyone agrees with that, but there's an abundant abundance of evidence that su- suggests that or indicates that. But, it's not easy to do. It's, it's, it's going to, it's going to be a difficult transition. And I think this is an example of, you know, how it's just not going to be so easy to move away from fossil fuels to alternate sources, to greener sources of energy. But, you know, it's kind of a process that, you know, we need to persist and continue to push on to kind of eventually get to that, that end goal. But we're going to see things like this where, you know, there's a strain on, on the electric capacity. There's issues that are in the way of quickly uh, converting the, the, the power source to green sources. So uh, there's gonna be bumps in the process, but that transition will continue over time. But it's 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 not gonna be easy. And I think we're gonna see setbacks like this. I I would consider this a setback, but you know, we, we've got to keep the power on for people. So, you know, it's gonna be a balancing act of making sure that energy customers are getting the energy they need, whether it's residential or commercial customers. Um, but over time we're gonna continue to see a move.
0: Um towards green energy. It's just, it, it just, isn't going to be easy. Yeah. And I guess one, you know, maybe a silver lining, um, to this, there's, there's, uh, there's some controversy or, or debate over exactly how to handle the retirements of these older, uh, power plants. Um, so there's been investments made in the plants over time, um, that the utilities were told, you know, were approved to make those investments and we're told they could recover that investment over next, you know, a set period of time um, with a certain rate of return on the investment. Um, so if you, you know, in the case of the Oak Creek plant, you know, there's significant investments made in um, emissions controls um, in the two thousands, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that hasn't been fully recovered. Um, and so, you know, the question is, okay, it's going to be shut down. Um, and basically, ratepayers would be, you know, paying for um, emissions controls that are no longer being used because the plants shut down. Yeah. Um, and so, the groups that represent, um, you know, various customer stakeholders, whether it's the Citizens Utility Board of Wisconsin or the um, the industrial users group, um, they, you know, have some, a lot of issues with that because they don't like you know they they would they like to see a green transition. You know, that's not their main emphasis. Um, That goes to environmental groups that that advocate for that piece. Um, But their concern is around the, the, you know, how does this get recovered? They've tried some different things. Um, There's a kind of a a law that allows for some um, securitization of the, some of the environmental costs. There's different um, approaches to, you know, how you get the return, um, different things, but, you know, maybe a little more time will allow them to sort this out Um, They can keep um, trying to find something that they can all agree to um, when the retirement does come. So be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, But for now, we'll, you know, continue to watch and and see where things go. I guess one transitioning. um, One of the things that that was an issue in with this um, the environment, the power plant story we were just talking about is the rising cost of everything. Um, This time content from the, the citizen utility board told me this process got bumpier because of the run up in price of well, everything and inflation, you know, is, is kind of everywhere now. Um, And you, you know, keep seeing it come in, you think maybe it's, it's peaked and then the number goes a little higher. Um, So all that, you know, keeps adding up and adding up. And there's this sense of, of a looming recession, um, and we got a, a survey out this week from the Wisconsin bankers association that I think had some, you know, concerning data in it. Um, so the bankers association surveyed, uh, bank CEOs in the state and they ended up talking to about 56 of them The number was, uh, and 61% of that group said they think a recession is either likely or very likely in the next six months. Um, so it was think, a little higher than than maybe, maybe it's just my perception, but higher than I thought that number was going to be, mm-hmm. um, at least in you know in, the, in that short run period. I mean, I mean, maybe a year, maybe year and a half. You hear people talking about. Um, but well, they asked think, that same question. What at the end of end of the year, and it was thirty three percent, right? Well, they didn't they didn't ask the exact same question. Um, in terms of of do you think a recession is coming? They asked, do you think the economy is going to weaken? Okay. Um, in the next six months. Uh, this time around, 63% said, yep, it's going to weaken. And uh, back in December, it was, I think, yeah, 33, 39. Uh, actually, no, 15. In December, it was 15. A year ago, it was uh, 39%. So they, they asked, do you think it's going to get better, stay the same or weaken? Um, and, you know, big uptick there. Uh, so this, this picture of, you know, the bank's CEOs in the state kind of really souring on the outlook for the economy um, is kind of concerning. And they, if you looked across their business lines, um, they their outlook for the next six months in those, in whether it's business lending, commercial real estate, residential real estate, all, you know, weakening pictures um, of the economy. They also um, asked, uh, they hadn't asked this previously, but they asked, do you expect um, inflation? What's go- What do you expect for inflation? It's going to rise, fall, say the same. 50% said inflation is going to rise over the next six months, which we're already at a pretty high level. Yeah. So add all that up, and it's a bit of a worrying picture for the economy, um, which you know, a little interesting. I, I, I did a story a couple of weeks ago talking to a number of bank executives and asking them specifically about business lending and what they saw. And... I got a much rosier picture um, and granted I was, that was a small sample size of, you know, a handful of banking executives um, where they were feeling their customers were still optimistic dealing with challenges, but still not, you know, um, prepping for a recession. It didn't seem. Um, so it was kind of a, maybe that's part of why I was a little surprised to see that 60% number um, in terms of expecting a recession in the next six months.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, the thing is, I, I listening to bankers, you know, I think they're a very good indicator, a good leading indicator of the economy. Um, I mean, these guys, considering the customers they deal with and uh, the business that they're dealing with, they they should have a good sense for the way things are headed. So, yeah, these are these are big concerns. You, you mentioned. The inflation projection with you know half of the bankers surveyed, bank CEOs in the state surveyed, expecting inflation to rise. We're already at inflation at highest levels since the early 80s. So having it go higher would really be a concern, especially when you have the Fed increasing interest rates to try to prevent that from happening. And if they're going to be increasing interest rates, we're still going to be seeing higher inflation. That is very, very alarming. So... You know, we're, we're we're dealing with a very uh, with a challenging economic time, an interesting mix of things. Like you said, you you talked to bankers recently who seemed like their customer activity was pretty good, despite you know seeing concerns with inflation and whatnot. The other thing I think is really interesting when you consider if we're heading into a recession. I mean, I think. First quarter, we had negative economic growth, and latest projection I saw for second quarter was basically flat, basically like zero. So, and you know, that's the two quarter thing is sort of a rule of thumb, but not the technical rule for a recession: two negative consecutive negative quarters. Um, But it's interesting to me that this is all happening. While unemployment is incredibly low, absolutely low. You know, it's like when do you have a recession with a job market like this? So you got a very strong labor market, but of course, inflation. And if inflation is outpacing people's incomes, then that's where people are really going to feel the pain. Um, if you can get a job, great, but how much is it paying? What's going on with wages? Are wages are my wa- are my wages keeping up with inflation, or otherwise, I'm I'm losing spending power. Um, that's the concern, and so and if, if if this continues, if we continue to see inflation and if economic growth remains negative or it's low, what'll happen to the labor market? This really strong labor market we've been enjoying for some time uh, could weaken as well. So. These are all things we're going to continue to watch, but um, bottom line is the bankers are something of a canary in the coal mine, and uh, it's 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 very concerning to see what what they're
0: what they're saying is how how the economy feels to them. The unemployment piece is is really interesting. The the survey itself asked um, bankers, you know, do you think your businesses in your market are going to hire? cut jobs or maintain current staffing levels. And it was like 60 some percent said they expect people to maintain current staffing levels. So not necessarily expecting that uptick in unemployment. Uh, it was just 7% expect to see job cuts. Um, and actually one of those people I spoke to for that story a few weeks ago, David Schulke at, um, at uh, Spring Bank, um, he, he pointed out he said, I'm going to look for, the unemployment figures and watch um, to see if that starts ticking up um, to see what, you know, where outcome, where things are going to be headed. Um, interestingly, you mentioned the unemployment's really low um, 2.9%, um, which was a tick up from um, it was 2.9% in May, you know, up a 10th from, um, from April, which, if you did the math, it's it's like that the national number or the state. No, number? that's the state number. Um, but if you did the math, it was like it went from two point eight, three, four percent to two point five, yeah. eight, five something. Yeah, it's, so, it's negligible. you know, it's it was it was the we crossed over the rounding um, hmm. there to, to push it up. But um, if you look at the weekly unemployment claims, um, at least in Wisconsin, there has been a bit of a tick up the last couple weeks we were down low three thousands for initial claims um a few weeks ago it jumped up into the four thousands two weeks ago and i just looked it up it's around five thousand um uh, this last week um now we actually that came up we have a weekly monthly call with the department of workforce development and they kind of said well there's always a a bit of a seasonal blip around memorial day that that increases it's still a really low Figure, um, but it's kind of one of those like, okay, let's watch this. I think it's going to be interesting to watch what happens with unemployment if we do hit a recession. Um, you know, is it going to be one where it's almost um, you know not a, a we talked about jobless recovery coming out of the Great Recession? It's almost like a layoffless recession, um, <laughs> or I don't know, I don't know what 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 smart terminology will will be applied to it. But what about uh... Labor force participation has been improving, hasn't it? It's it's rebounded um, some coming out of the pandemic. I think some people came back in, but there's now it's it's been on this long kind of downward trend. Um, I mean, really back to the late '90s is when it was at its peak. Um, there's a little bit of kind of stabilization of it when you know pre-pandemic um, when the unemployment rate was really low previously. Um so it 's kind of rebounded a little bit it's we 're not drawing a, a a lot of people in necessarily i mean it 's maybe grown a little bit but uh the it's maybe it 's not declining super fast but it's it, we we live really strongly in wisconsin too it 's typically in the top ten yeah in the country so um but you know this idea of, of what 's going to happen with jobs in the recession um i mean Employers have spent a lot of time and a lot of effort trying to find people, trying to hire, trying to get people in the door. Um, and if growth slows down or growth turns negative, um, you know, there's a temptation to to cut jobs because that's a cost, and you have to the business has to survive. You have to have a business to be able to offer the job. But at the same time, you spent all this time and effort recruiting and efforting, you know, new hires and, you know, trying to find anyone you could training people, all the things you invested a lot of time and effort in it. Um, How quickly are you going to turn to that, that layoff lever? um, When, when economic, economic turbulence hits, or are you going to be looking every, you know, every other place or just trying to survive, um, you know, with the people you got and, and not, pull that lever because you did spend all that time and effort um, trying to build a staff.
1: Yeah. You would certainly hope and would think based on everything you're saying that employers have been through that if layoffs are occurring, you would hope they would not be frivolous, that they would be done um, because the survival of the business depends on, on cutting those costs um, because it has been so hard to hire people after all that laying them off would be, would be tough. So hopefully it doesn't come to that. And hopefully businesses that are turning to that are, are doing so out of only absolute necessity. We'll see. It's one of the,
0: we'll keep an eye on it. Yep. Definitely. And the, you know, the demographics are kind of what they are. Maybe boomers are retiring. There's not necessarily a, a massive way of coming to replace them. So yeah, I mean, if you are if you do lay people off when things turn around,
1: it's going to be tough to staff up again. Yeah, so you know that's something that everyone has to really consider. But like you said before, you know you have to do what you have to do
0: to remain viable. So it's it's tough decisions. Certainly. Well, we will leave it there for this week and the Biz Times MK podcast and our weekly debrief. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk more about. Uh, Southeastern Wisconsin business. And as always, Andrew, thanks for joining me.
1: This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to BizTimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.